Hello, friends, and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I am your host for today's show, Aaron Richards. I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierre. And Brad, welcome back. Thanks. It's good to be here. How are we doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, it's it's actually it is actually a beautiful day. It is. Yeah. Uh, Ohio finally met like a reprieve from what has been a, we've been under snow for. Like, it feels like months. Yeah, it's been a bizarre winter for sure. But um, thank goodness the sun is out, and uh, we've got—I don't know—I'm not sure what you're doing this weekend, Brad. But we've got a—we've got a, a wilderness outreach woodcutting event yeah. here on campus. Some, so Diggory, my son, and I—we're going to be cutting some wood tomorrow, and yeah, really pumped. No better way to start the spring, right? Oh yeah. Uh, good. Well, Brad, would you like to kick us off in prayer today? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to come before you and to have a conversation about all of the ways that you are working in our lives. God, we thank you for the ways you've worked in our lives over time. We thank you about the ways that you're working in our lives now, and we pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us as we pursue you in every moment of every day. Amen. Jesus, help us to uh, help us to find you in everything, in every moment, in every opportunity Jesus, that we would we would see your face um, written in every conversation, uh, in every experience that we have. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the pursuit of you. So, Lord, I pray that during these these moments, during this this show, that you would uh, you would invite us again into relationship, that we'd be able to see your presence in areas where we may have missed you before. And Jesus, that we'd be reminded and be able to celebrate again the good work in uh, times of celebration and in times of maybe even consolation in struggle that that you're doing in our lives. We uh, we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brad, it has been a whirlwind couple weeks here at Damascus. I, um, what what have you? Tell me what you've been up to, brother. Yeah, you, yeah. I think you've been the biggest, busiest man on campus these last couple of weeks. Yeah, so as some of our frequent listeners know, my position here at Damascus is uh, missionary program director, and we are in our onboarding season. So yeah. this year we had almost 400 amazing young adults Praise from the around Lord. the country That's and around so the awesome. world who applied to be part of the missionary program. And I think what's so interesting about work in the area of ministry is uh-huh. that you know that all of those applicants have infinite potential and have a critical mission in the church. Yeah. And the discernment is figuring out what number of those 400 have their mission and their place of formation here at Damascus. And and so it's, it's always a season of a lot of prayer, a lot of conversations, because I think a lot of people are used to the fact that in in the world, whenever I get denied a position is because I'm lacking in something. But at Damascus, when someone isn't offered a position, it's precisely because we believe God's calling them to a mission outside of Damascus in this season. And yeah. we believe that somewhere else is best equipped to form them in this season. And it's hard to communicate that in, <laughs> in, a, in like short email bursts. Yep. So I spend yep. a lot of my time crafting language to suggest just that, that like you are amazing and God has placed something in you that the church needs. Yeah. We've discerned that that is not to be found or developed at Damascus in this season, but please find where the call is in this season. And so nonetheless, about 
200 or so uh, we found to have missions outside of Damascus for this coming year, yeah. and 200 or so we found to have mission at Damascus in this coming year. So it's a lot of communication on both That's sides. That's so awesome. Yeah. You know, Brad, back in the day when we were recruiting our original staff, I don't, I don't yeah. think we had that luxury. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were moments where we, uh, you know— we're we're kind of working on formation even mm-hmm. up through and into camp and uh yeah that that's that's been my biggest takeaway so i was involved a little bit in the interview and selection process for for some of these yeah. new applicants and um it's it's it was it's been so beautiful that as we have conversation like very infrequently out mm-hmm. of a list of 400 people do we have someone where we say you know i don't know if this person is ready right it's right. you know it, every 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 uh, testimony that we hear of an interviewer who's met with an individual, it's like this person's amazing. I know, and I want to have them on my yeah, team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's also part of the humility of yeah God's plan that we would not be the solution to everyone's yeah. needs, right? And that, that's so important to know. And I think what's really cool for me to reflect on is just our story. And for those of you listening. Obviously, Beyond Damascus is a podcast that takes place at a place called Damascus, yeah. which is a, a mission campus of about 471 acres that was an amazing gift from the Lord. But for the longest time, when we were just operating as Catholic Youth Summer Camp, uh, up until about 2015, when we broke ground here at Damascus, the Lord just incrementally added things to this process that we now live out so fully here in our fifth year of operation at Damascus. And, you know, it, it's funny because when you go from Catholic Youth Summer Camp being everything you do to now just being our flagship program amidst yep. so many other things, yep. there's so many discernment points that are added and so many things that need to be taken into account. But it, it is really one of the greatest treasures of my life. These two weeks are the fullest two weeks of my entire year, without a doubt. But in the midst of those two weeks, I see God work in profound ways. I see God move in the hearts of, of families as, as people are accepted or as people are finding the place they're called to outside of Damascus in this season. I see their families rally around this desire that their young adult son or daughter has to serve the church. And so you can just see the, the boundlessness of God's grace in and through the process. And so, yeah, I, it's, it's one of the treasures of my year. It's one of the greatest joys I have. So yeah, the fullest two uh, weeks of my year, but also <laughs> probably the most joyful and also the most, um, I don't know, challenging too, because you have yeah. conversations with people trying well, to you're convince holding their, them. You're holding their heart. In yeah. This process. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, uh, yeah, as if you couldn't tell by all the words I just put into it. It's kind of a roller coaster, but nonetheless, uh, greatly, greatly well, appreciated. Brad, there's nobody else that I would I would trust more with this job. Thanks. You're, you're doing a heck of a job. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, so, hey, if listeners, if you are if you're listening right now and you've recently been rejected from service with Damascus, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's less of a rejection and it's more of a recognition that know God of, has someone know else of for the you. Ab- abundant love that yeah. uh, that exists here for you. Well, yeah, and isn't that funny? Like, I think God gives us snapshots into His worldview sometimes, and I think this is one of the ways that He does that for me. That I I sometimes can't communicate that you know. I've, I've prayed for each of these applicants by name yeah. that, and I can't communicate 
that to them in a way that is always easy to receive. Mm. And I think about God and his infinite goodness for me, seeing a situation, me feeling a certain type of way with it. And he, he like, he's almost like, I wish I could communicate this to you in a way that you would comprehend my heart behind it. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's not possible when it's humbling and it's good. Ah, uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's so sweet. So you were, you were talking about like our, our individual story and just coming to know each person. Right. And, um, that, that's, you know, that a long intro here, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, the theme that we want to shoot for, for today's show. Uh, I, I too, I had a sweet night last night, um, a couple of buddies and myself, Dan, who is one of the co-hosts here on yeah. Beyond Damascus from time to time, he and myself and uh, our, the chairman of our board, Mr. Matt Schlater, a good friend of mine, uh, the, the three of us met with with uh, a guy that Dan and I went to high school with, hmm. who I now know he's a pastor of a, a Protestant church wow. here in Columbus. Um, Peter, thanks for thanks for meeting with us last <laughs> night. Um it, it it was just such an anointed and beautiful meeting. Uh, so Peter and I have have been in in regular touch um, with, I mean, somewhat infrequently over the course of the last four or five years. We we probably haven't talked in the last twelve months or so until a phone call recently. And um, he and Dan haven't really talked since high school. And Matt was introduced for the first time. And over the course of conversation, it was just really beautiful and and meaningful. We you know, I, I think it was Dan who posed the question, you know, how did you, how did you meet the Lord? And the four of us around the, around the, the fire barrel, uh, started to share what our story has been of our individual encounter with Jesus. And, mm. um, I, I had this, such a, a, a profound moment of remembrance in telling my own story again, yeah. and in hearing the story of these men who I walk with every day, yeah. um, it, it, most three of whom I walk with every day mm-hmm. and uh and 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 just being reminded of of the way that God works in such beautiful and mysterious ways and, and my experience was in telling my own story mm-hmm. I was reminded again yeah. of, of God's faithfulness and his presence in my life yes and uh and that's not even to say anything about about hearing from Dan again and hearing from Matt again and, yeah. and hearing from Peter again and just being able to put these pieces together and be like, man, God, you, I, I just like, I, I can think of great stories to tell my kids from time to time when they ask me for yeah, a, for a yeah. bedtime story. But, uh, the Lord has, it, he, he works in such a, a powerful and profound way in mm-hmm. the heart of every human being, all history past, yes. all history future. And it's all leading toward this one place of he just desires to be in relationship with us. Yeah. For us to seek him, for us to find him. And this idea of kind of the value of our story, the value of our of our testimony, the value of our experience, that that the process of of pursuit of him, the process of seeking God and finding him, whether through trial, whether through um times of celebration, uh whether through those those dark moments or those shining lights yeah. that that he's there he's present and when we remember for ourselves the way that he's worked uh that 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 testimony we 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 say here at Damascus that testimony is often our greatest tool yeah right our greatest tool for evangelization and um I, I, it's just been a great it's been a great day to reflect on that and in preparing sort of our our theme around today's show uh, i really felt brad you and i mm-hmm. in discussing earlier 
that uh, you, our listeners, I think could, could really, it would be good for us to remember. Yes. It'd be good for us to remember our story. You know, uh, here, whether you're listening to this show on, on a rerun through podcasts or, or, or whatever, um, we're halfway through the season of Lent here in the year 2021. And, um, it, during this time period, you know, the story is always told of, of the Israelites and their, and their trek through the desert. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's so cool that when you look at the old Testament, you know, the word Testament translates into covenant, right? Yep. That the, the, the entire, you know, first thematic half of the, of the Bible, it's all based on the, the telling and then the retelling of this story mm-hmm. that, that people experience that ultimately comes to define the way that God wants to work in the world. Yeah. Well, he reveals himself again, right? Like when I remember the way he once revealed himself, he actually is ever new in revealing what other parts of him were a part of that process. That like the moment we're living right now. Yeah. There's a way in this moment that he's revealing himself to me. But when I reflect on this a day from now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, there's going to be different aspects of God that Mm. he reveals to me in the remembrance that he didn't even reveal to me in the moment it was happening, right? And that's the story of God. So even those Israelites who were going through the desert, even Jesus who was tempted in the desert, like even if we were living that actively with them in the moment, we could look back later and God in his infinite vastness could reveal an aspect of him that we were blind to in the moment, but yeah. we no longer are in our remembrance. Yeah. So there's a revelation that comes when we remember. Praise God. And that's exactly, that's, that, that's exactly what I experienced last night in mm-hmm. our time together. You know, Dan and I work together every single day here at Damascus and we have for almost 20 years. Right. And, uh, as he was, as he was sharing his memory of, I don't know, our first couple of years in ministry and kind of his moments of, of, conversion and transformation, uh, all of a sudden it was like this light was shown on the solution to some of the areas that, that we need to continue to work on today. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, it was just, it was beautiful. Uh, it was beautiful. I think, um, just the God had got it such a, a, a great story to tell through the four of us and through our time together. And, uh, I was just, it's, it's not a, that's not a unique event. I mean, no. um, this is this is good for us. It's the way that it's the way that we're supposed to supposed to communicate. Why? Because it communicates something really deep mm-hmm. and and true and accurate about who we are and how God wants to work in our lives. Yeah. And if if this is the place where encounter meets mission, right? The more aspects of God that I encounter, the more resources for mission I have. Amen. And so when I remember and that revelation comes, I'm then able to say that's an aspect of God that I can make known today, yep. tomorrow, this week, yep. this month. So uh, we're called Beyond Damascus. This is a this is a show where encounter meets mission. Brad just said, and our, our namesake is is Saint Paul, right? Uh, like Saint Paul, who encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, um, our lives too are changed, right? Paul encountered Jesus in a in a blinding light. He he saw Jesus. Um, and he heard his voice mm-hmm. and in that moment, his life was transformed forever. Everything changed and he went into the city and it was there that he was called to a life of truly extraordinary mission, right? That, that's our story too, that we encounter, um, we, we encounter the face of Jesus. We encounter the words of Jesus 
and uh, and and through that we are launched to to a life of extraordinary mission in, in a particular way. Brad, I, I was uh, I was also reminded yesterday as, as Dan was sharing. He, you know, um, we need to be proud of what God's doing in a in a place. And there's a particular charism that I believe that we have here at Damascus. Why it is that we're committed to this show, mm-hmm. right? Why it is that we're committed to calling people on into this type of lifestyle that comes from the fact that I believe, like St. Paul, God's using this place. He's using Damascus. He's using Catholic Youth Summer Camp. I believe he's using this show right now today to communicate his voice in a way that when people hear it, their lives will be changed. That's right. You know, um, and that's that's one of the really uh, beautiful aspects that we see in this ministry time and time again. And when we see when we when we look in scripture, we see that St. Paul, he had this moment of encounter with Jesus. And that wasn't the last time we heard about it, right? I'm not sure how many times, but it seems like in scripture, starting in Acts of the Apostles, we hear St. Paul narrate that story of his conversion again mm-hmm. and again mm-hmm. and again. Why? Because that's this is this is the story that that, right. that God uses to actually accomplish um in, in power and authority the 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 work that he wants to do in people. That's right. Why is it worth reading Genesis again? Why is it worth reading the gospels again? Well, it's worth reading again because it's worth retelling again because yeah. it's worth seeing something new again. Yeah. yeah. So, uh those are our those are our, our our key words today, friends. If if we're if we're tuning into the show, um if you're kind of interested about where we're going with today's show, it's it's understanding our story. Um we have a fancy word for that. It's testimony, right? That when we share our testimony, we like to say here at Damascus that it gives God an invitation to do again in somebody else what he did in us. Mm-hmm. That this is this is why, you know, um the Old Testament the 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 freedom that Israel experienced from their bondage in Egypt, right? That wasn't an event in history that God just wanted to remind us about because it was cool. Uh, it, it was a story that was told and still is told in the Jewish faith, like time and time again, every single year, both to remember God's faithfulness and to realize that He's setting the stage for something, right? right. That 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 freedom is leading us to a, to a particular kind of spiritual. Um, freedom and restoration, the the salvation of our soul mm-hmm. that God desires to accomplish in each of us. It's sweet. There is truth, friends, buried in your story, in your encounter with Jesus. If you've ever been bashful in the past and hesitant to share the experience that you have, get ready to be rocked. We have an amazing guest who's joining us today. Um, one of our one of our, our missionaries here at Damascus, near and dear to our heart. We will introduce her after this short break. Thanks for joining us for Beyond Damascus. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the Seraphic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. One of the greatest theologians and Franciscan mystics in church history, Bonaventure also wrote a biography of St. Francis that was commissioned by the Franciscans themselves. It took a saint and true mystic to understand a true saint and mystic. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com. There's all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds of ways of praying. There's all kinds of methods of praying. There's a Salesian method, and Francis de Sales, and Ignatius of Loyola. There's Franciscan methods and Dominican methods, and you name it, we got it. But sometimes we depend on a method too much. St. Teresa said that prayer was conversation with God. Do you have a hard time conversing with people? No, I 
you have hard time? Well, that's how it is with God. And welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We want to give a great shout out to St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio. Thanks for broadcasting this show. Um, Beyond Damascus is a co-production of EWTN and a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN. We are carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and we are uh, broadcasting today from the illustrious Damascus Media Studio here in Centerburg, Ohio. I'm here with my co-host, friend, and brother in Christ, Brad Pierin. And mm-hmm. um, friends, today, this, is, this has been an awesome show. If This is the start of our second segment. If you're just joining us, check out the rerun on wherever you can download the Beyond Damascus podcast, whether that's Spotify or Apple or wherever. Um, it, it's, it's worth a listen. I think, God's, I think God's doing something unique today. And as I promised right before the break, we have an amazing guest. Um, this uh, young woman has served with us as a missionary for the last two years. Brad was sharing before the break that we're in the midst of kind of our missionary selection for the next uh, for the next years, for the next year, two years, and uh, it, it's a special kind of person that comes out here to Damascus and says, "I want to, I want to be formed, mm-hmm. I want to be built up, I want to be trained in ministry, and I want my heart to be lit on fire." And that's what um, this past year—that's what forty-six young men and women have done. They've said, I want to give two years to this process of, um, of working tirelessly day in and day out for, for the service of the gospel. Uh, praise the Lord. Let's welcome on without further ado, our guest for today. This is Lauren. Lauren, thank you. Hi guys. Thank you. Uh, Aaron, Brad, thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here. You were, you're amazing. You're amazing. And actually, Brad, I just noticed that you and Lauren have matching uh, (laughs) sweaters on today. We do. And not not only that, but right before we came on to this second segment, I've been working on getting Lauren's last name right for a number of years now. Lauren Detra, because she is from the great state of Louisiana. Isn't that right? Yes, I am. South Louisiana. Um, I'm originally from Cal Island. Um, And I was born and raised there, born and raised in South Louisiana. Um, Grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school um, from pre-K through my high school, um, my 12th grade of high school. And um, yeah, it's just been so incredible today. Like you said, Aaron, just like looking back, um, looking back at the story that God has written with my life. Let's, uh, Lauren, what do you do here at Damascus? Yeah. Um, so here at Damascus, I have had the privilege this past year of being a house leader. Um, so I lead a house of 14 of our beautiful, um, missionary women. Um, and I also have been able to have the opportunity this year to work a little bit in our office. So I do a lot of answering phones and emailing people back. Um, it's just been such a beautiful opportunity to love people um, that don't necessarily come to camp. (laughs) Yeah. Friends, if you could, if you could see Lauren's smile on her face, you would know why it is that we want her to be the first face you see when you, when you step I was just about campus. to say that you can feel her smile on the phone. If you can't feel her smile over the microphone, then you might need to <laughs> test your own ability to receive. No, but I love what you were saying that like, yeah, so often we, um, we, we go through Catholic school K through 12 and we, we get kind of caught up in just like 
the language of Catholicism, but just the steps that you've taken to see what God has done to bring you to the point where you're a house leader overseeing young adult women, where you're working in an office and loving on people who are uncertain about their kid coming to Damascus or their payment that the, that it needs to come through. It's mm-hmm. been so cool to see your development in that. And, um, yeah, I, it also, it's, it's not surprising that you're Catholic coming from Louisiana, right? Louisiana is the state <laughs> where their counties are still called parishes because it was such a French Catholic area. Um, but yeah, uh, how many cows are there on cow Island? Um, you would, you wouldn't believe we, um, actually have a really large, like farming, um, industry forming culture. Really? Yeah. That's so fascinating because being from the Midwest, I think sometimes I think of the South as just a beach in warmer weather than here, yeah. you know, but that's no, amazing. Cows. 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 On cows cow island. No, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. Uh, Lorraine, you're able to be in here with, in the studio with us as we, as we open today's show. And um, we're talking about story. We're talking about how God moves in such a way that as we, as we look back, as we remind ourselves of the way that he's he's worked in our lives, of the way that he's been present in our lives, that he can he can begin to unveil new things in us. And as we share that story, he, in a special way, um, invites us to enter into a place of receptivity, that he can do it again in us, and that he could do it again in others. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's it's fun, Lorraine. I, I will. Um, it's it's just it's been a joy working with you these past couple of years, and as we were talking about just this idea of testimony and shared story, uh, y- there are very few people here on this campus that that would come to mind that that are going to do a better job in this in this time than you. Agree. So you. I'm wondering if we can, uh, uh, listeners, if that's not a if that's not a good um, recommendation, I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, Lauren, share with us what has what has God done in your life that's brought you to where you are today. Yeah, um, it's a wild story. Um, so growing up, I was Catholic, but like I like I think a lot of families, sadly, in the Catholic Church, like not all of us are living fully alive. Yeah. Um, and so my family was Catholic by name, um, but outside of Sunday Mass and Catholic school, we mm-hmm. weren't very much like participating in the church. And so, um, yeah, I, I fell into a lot of just like trying to as I went through high school, feel like brokenness, mm-hmm. um, with the world, like the only way that I knew how. And so, um, I guess about my junior year in high school and I, I, the Lord just like marked my life at several different times of, um, you can just see the way that he desired to come back into relationship with mm-hmm. me. Yeah, like yeah. he, he, he worked so hard to get me to come back into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the times that sticks out to me, was my junior year. Um, some beautiful Dominican sisters from Nashville were visiting our high school. Um, and just, Shout out to the Nashville yeah. Dominicans. Yeah. <laughs> um, you ladies rock. We're, it was phenomenal. It, it really was a pivotal moment for me. Um, they were out there um, talking to our, our high schoolers. And I remember being so struck. So yeah. struck and just moved to tears. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but I remember on my way home, my drive home from school, just weeping, weeping. I, I was mm-hmm. so struck by how these women had given everything to the Lord mm-hmm. and how they were so happy. And and I had given him, it It seemed like nothing, nothing, Um but I was living my life for all these things I thought were going to make me happy. 
And I, I was just so struck, hmm. so struck by that. And so that moment stayed with me um, yeah. for, for a, a while now. And I think just being able to not know what to do with that moment of encounter. I think we work so hard here at Damascus to create an atmosphere that like allows kids to encounter the Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was it was crazy to me that in that moment, like there was no atmosphere. I was in my car and like God came in. Yeah. Um, he encounters us all the time, yeah. right? Like in the, in the simplest part of the everyday, he's there and he can encounter us there. And I think what blows me away is your recognition that they had given everything for him. Right. Because I, I want, I want to ask you like when, cause when we think about giving everything to someone, to something, we have to believe in that something a lot, right? Like if I'm going to give everything, it, it means that like I, I'm pretty certain of this, right? When, when you saw them, the Nashville like sisters, were you, were you just like, was it just the fact that they had given everything or was it also that they believed in something enough to give everything to it? Yeah, I was definitely struck by that. Um, I think the thing that stood out to me as a high schooler living in the world was just their joy. It, it mm. absolutely captivating um, and brought me in just a, a, in a place to pose the question, like, why? Why are you so happy if you have given everything? Mm. Like, everything you're doing, everything that you've chosen to do in your life is completely backwards to what I, like, <laughs> felt like you was supposed to give you happiness. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was absolutely captivated by their joy mm-hmm. and their ability to have it without, um, having the things the world told us we were supposed to have. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. Because I think what's so interesting is when we're, when we're younger, God just uses the witness of people to stick with us. And what I, what I wonder is like how over time, I guess when you were in that moment, did you experience everything you now seeing yourself experience? Like, were you like cognitively aware that this is what was going on <laughs> or is this in hindsight? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, um, absolutely not. So yeah. I, I had this encounter with the sisters, um, and found myself asking this question, um, but didn't really know like what to do with it, what sure. to do about it. Um, and so I very much went back to living my life after, <laughs> after this encounter, the way, um, that I was before in just a lot of brokenness, mm-hmm. um, and in the world. And so it wasn't until, um, I had already graduated high school mm-hmm. when I actually had a friend who invited me, um, into a commitment of having an adoration hour, a weekly adoration hour. Um, and I hadn't done anything like that before and I was going to Catholic school. So we do it like once a year, go to adoration. But like, I, I had never like had an hour outside of like a school commitment. Um, and so it was that invitation, um, after that friend had, had seen me in my brokenness, had seen me hurting and searching, um, for something in the world that he invited me to adoration. Um, and it was in that place that I, I found myself so vulnerable and so exposed and, um, yeah, just in a place where I didn't have, um, anything to, to numb myself with. I didn't have anything to fill these holes in my heart. Mm-hmm. It was just me and my brokenness in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'd never been in a place so vulnerable, so exposed, um, and so 
desperate for a change in my life. Yeah. Was this just at your local parish? Um, yes. So it was um, actually just, uh, we have several, so several church parishes around my area, like yeah. Brad had mentioned, um, Southern Louisiana is very Catholic, um, but Catholic because it's what you're supposed to do and it's what your mom did and what's what your grandma did and your great grandma. Sure. Um, so it's very, it's a very cultural thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wasn't even in a lot of those parishes seeing a, the, the life that I've come to know, um, now. Sure. I, you know, but you saw him, I did. right? Like that's. For for all of you listening, like I hope I hope you're picking up like just some of the things Lauren's saying, right? That like it wasn't in that moment with the sisters that she realized everything she now knows, right? It it wasn't like in that parish where everything began to stay, but God will place these encounters that continue to build to reveal him more and more. And that's true for all of us. And yeah, uh, yeah and I it it's just so so edifying to hear yeah. for sure. That's awesome. So Lauren, how how do we get from adoration for the first time to where we are today. Yeah. yeah um, I went to college and in college, it was actually the first time in my life that I was surrounded by um, Catholic friends. Um, I, I became very involved with our Catholic center on campus. And it was the first time I had Catholic friends, Catholic peers that were choosing to be Catholic, choosing to seek Jesus for themselves and not because their parents told them to, not yeah. because their religion mm -hmm. teacher told mm -hmm. them to, um, or because their tuition was paid for and that's where they were. Like it, in, in a secular college, people at the Catholic Center were seeking Jesus. Um, and so to have that community actually absolutely just changed things. Yeah. Um, I was running toward the Lord for the first time um, with people who knew he was the answer. Yeah. Um, and, Wait, this isn't just yeah. for the Nashville Dominicans, right? Like this <laughs> right. is what there's, there's people my age that are doing right, this. Yeah. Right. Um, and there was that same joy. There was mm -hmm. that same joy of the yeah. Lord there um, that I was so attracted to years prior. Uh, it, it was beautiful. And it was a time of absolute transformative growth um, that really launched me um, into the rest of my life. Um, I think one of the reasons that time was so significant for me was, of course, Catholic community, but also mm. regular adoration yeah. and the sacrament of confession. Um, I We had something called Mercy Mondays every Monday. Yeah. Our incredible <laughs> priest would have adoration all day from like eight to like five, mm. um, and he would sit in the confessional all day. Wow. And with the exception <laughs> of his, his little lunch break, uh -huh. but he would sit in the confessional all day, and college kids that were regularly attending the Catholic center that weren't like just would come. And it was so beautiful. And I know I, in the bottom of my heart, I know that it was mm -hmm. that sacramental grace that yeah. actually propelled me forward yeah. that launched me, um, into, into mission for the rest of my life. I know that that was so significant, so pivotal. Thank you, me. Jesus, for our priests. Yeah. So, yeah. so good. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. What did you study in college, Lauren? <laughs> I um, I actually studied early childhood education. Yeah. Um, I ended up in early childhood education because, um, I guess talking about remembering, I had always, um, I could never remember what I wanted to be when I would grow up. And I remember people asking me and I would say like, oh, I want to be a teacher. But I remember like always in that moment having this memory of, of like, yeah, in kindergarten, like looking over when we had to do this assignment, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm, um, I remember mm -hmm. looking over 
and seeing that a friend of mine had written teacher. And I was like, okay, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'll be a teacher. And it was like my desire, that desire. It's such an early, early age to be loved and accepted. And it was the desire that like the Lord has like given us for him. Mm -hmm. But in the world, it was like just to be accepted by anyone. Um, And so I remember saying teacher in my whole life. I said, yeah, I'll be a teacher. I'll be a teacher because of that one friend in kindergarten who said like, I'll be a teacher. You know, it was just that desire to be loved. And so it actually sent me into early childhood education um, in my young adult life, pursuing Mm -hmm. that in college. So that's wild. Well, I, I, isn't it funny how the smallest things growing up can shape things as we get older and you think back and you're like, Oh, that's where that came from. I've always found it so funny that when we're talking to young people, we always ask them what they're going to do when they get older, but we never really ask like, who do you want to be when you get older? Like, what are the, what are the things that you want to shape your life around? Like maybe we would be able to articulate joy, right? Like you're saying like, I witnessed joy and I noticed that's what I wanted. But I think I heard it said by Andy Stanley once, I think, who's a, a Protestant pastor in the Georgia area, I think in Atlanta, Georgia. And he had this quote one time that was amazing and I think testifies to some of the things you're sharing. He said, it's always a mistake to decide what you're going to do before you decide who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. Because when you actually say like, I I want to be a person of joy, I want to be a person of this, then like everything that makes that happen is subsidiary. You know, it's always like, well, I just know that I want to be joyful. I know. And, and just seeing you want joy and live joy. I'm sure even in the childhood education, like you were still joyful, like you would be so impactful on young people and God uses even those small little things. Like I'm going to be a teacher. He goes, yeah, but really I know that what you want is to be joyful. And he's planted that so deep in you. And you've sought that and seen that over the course of your life. And it's so cool to see how he could have worked that out as a teacher, but we're also so glad that he worked it out with you being a missionary here at Damascus, (laughs) of course. Where did you, where did you first learn about Damascus? Um, so I, because of my Catholic center in college, um, we had flyers up for an international conference, um, that was being held in Indianapolis a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was because I had experienced that community that, um, I guess living the, the faithfully alive. I, I desired it so much for my family members. Yeah. And so I actually, um, for my mom's 50th birthday, surprised her um, with plane tickets and like c- conference registration and everything. Yeah. And my mom and I flew to this conference. That is so um, awesome. <laughs> and because I had such a desire for her to s- experience like what the church looks like fully alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that she had never seen that before. And so it was a beautiful, it was an incredible experience for me and my mom. Um, but I had met the, the Damascus missionaries there at that conference. Um, they had a booth and uh, I remember walking in, um, and seeing their booth for the first time and, and just knowing like, like almost like feeling Holy spirit in a tangible way, pulling me toward the booth. Mm. And, and I was so taken aback by it. And I was mm. like, Oh, well that's God. And, um, I'm really comfortable in my life right now and I'm doing the Jesus thing. So, um, thank you, Holy Spirit. I see you. And, um, I'm going to keep walking. Yeah. I'm (laughs) definitely not going to do that. So I don't know what it is. I didn't know the first thing about Damascus. I didn't know anything about Catholic youth summer camp, but I knew that I was called there. Wow. Um, and for that reason, I avoided the missionaries for the next three days. (laughs) Um, it wasn't until my mom, um, on the Wednesday night of the conference, it was, completely consumed by like, what is this God? What are you doing? Like, yeah. I, but I didn't want to know anything about it, <laughs> but I couldn't stop thinking yeah. about it. Um, and my mom on the Wednesday night was like, Loren, 
you have to talk to them. You have to talk to them. She said, Loren, if you don't, you're going to regret this for the rest of your life. Um, and I knew, I knew mother's always right. <laughs> it's like, I knew she was good right. Wisdom, yeah. Um, she, she is very wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the very next day I went up, um, and I walked into that booth and I was greeted by one of our phenomenal, um, guys on staff, AJ, um, mm. who just came in and, and loved me so well. I was looking at, yeah. um, postcards and different like promo <laughs> sure. and stuff. And AJ just asked me about me, like yeah. Like, what's your story? And I, mm. I came looking for information about Damascus, but he wanted to know about me. Um, and it was it was crazy. I, I, I knew I knew I was supposed to be there. The second I stepped into the booth, it felt like home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's been yeah. a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell us more about it feeling like home. Like, what, yeah. were the, what were the characteristics of home? Yeah, I felt so at peace. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had been running for a really long time, but I got to this place and it was just the relief of like the, that feeling, you know, you, yeah. you drive home, you can just like be, mm-hmm. you can just be like, mm-hmm. there's no striving. Um, and I didn't feel any pressure to perform in any way. I, I just, I felt so safe. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, it was beautiful. Um, and it wasn't until I, I, didn't know anything about Damascus, like I said. Um, and I talked to the missionaries, and there were about 10 days until final applications were due um, for the missionary program. And I remember talking to my mom, and I'm like, I have to do this. She's like, do what? I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have, But I have to go. <laughs> Whatever it is. Whatever yeah, this yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I have to do it. Um, and I put in my application, and never having been to Ohio, never having oh, heard of so Catholic Youth Summer Camp, um, <laughs> I probably watched the CYSC promo videos like 10 times sure. coming in. And um, But I, I just remember getting here, and Jesus just, like, oh my goodness. I cried for the first week of being here. Mm-hmm. Um, my story of, of Damascus and my time at Damascus has been one of... Um, Jesus reminding me of my worth. Like I came into Damascus feeling so unworthy to be here. Yeah. Mm. So unworthy to be here. Um, and just so unworthy of a call to mission. Um, and Jesus, I just remember being here the, my very first night on campus. I found myself in our adoration chapel. Um, and, and I'm like, God, like I didn't do any, like I don't deserve it. Like I don't know what you're doing. Mm. I don't know. Um, and I just remember him saying, like, I love you this much. Like, I love you, like, Damascus much. Like, you're mm-hmm. actually, like, I know that you don't feel called. You know, and it, it goes back yeah. um, to to one of my favorite quotes. I, we hear it all the time. Um, but that he doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yep. And I was not equipped. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I was called. Yeah. Um, and so I stayed and I... I Served my first summer of CYSC. I am not your typical camp girl. Summer camp is not my thing. I, I came in knowing I was called to Damascus, but didn't know anything about Catholic Youth Summer Camp. And um, yeah, I, I just over the the next ten weeks just absolutely fell in love with what we do. Yeah, it was it was so beautiful. Yeah, that encounter with the Lord that you had at the beginning of that mm-hmm. service, I think, is so relatable to so many of us. You know that you look at God in situations for good and for bad, right? Like that, what, what did I do to deserve this if it's bad? Or what did I do to earn this if it's good? And mm-hmm. God works all things for good for those who love him, right? And I, I think it's so cool to have this interaction with God where it's like, 
God, I trust you, but I don't know what you're doing. And he looks at you and he says, I trust you. And I do know what I'm doing. You know, like, <laughs> like it's this like back and forth. And I, I feel that in your story, just God, I, I don't trust me, but I trust <laughs> you. And he's like, I trust me and you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, yeah. this confidence that he develops yeah. in us over time that I can just see so yeah. well lived through you. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. like we shared at the start of the show, you know, our, our testimony is an invitation for God to do it again. And yeah. it's an invitation for God to do it again in others. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I, I want to close this, uh, this segment. We're gonna take a short break, but friends, if, if you, uh, if, if you're hearing Lorraine's story, if you're hearing the joy in her heart, the joy in her voice, if you're hearing the certainty with which she heard God speak and chose to answer, um, I, I, I get the sense that there's probably some among us who are, who are hearing this, who are, uh, who are kind of thinking, man, that, that's such a great, that's such a great fairy tale like perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I want to speak over you that if you give him permission, that God can move with with the type of clarity that you've just heard Lorenz speak, that you can experience that that type of joyful confidence mm-hmm. that God, you're you're calling me to do something that I don't even know where the next step lies, but I know you're on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a promise that he makes for each one of you today. So, friends, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break. Thank you for joining us for Beyond Damascus, where encounter meets mission, and we will be right back. How many times have you said to yourself, "If only, if only I had a better job, if only my friends cared more, if only my family understood"? I used to want these things too, but then one day I asked myself, if I only reconnected with God and went to church. How would my life change? So I did, and I found real answers and the peace I had wanted all along. You can too. Find what you've been missing at catholicscomehome.com. Check out EWTN's official YouTube channel. Just follow the link on our homepage at EWTN.com or go to YouTube.com slash EWTN. Watch EWTN's live shows or today's homily from the Daily Mass. Click the upload button to see our most recent clips. You can also find all of EWTN YouTube content by clicking the playlist button. It's all on the official EWTN YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash EWTN. Visit today. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. This has been a on-fire show. We're joining back again with Lorin and Brad. Lorin's been sharing her testimony. She's she's a second-year missionary here with Damascus. And mm-hmm. Lorin, your your story has just been so so beautiful and inspiring. And it's exactly what I was hoping would happen when we go down this path of, of reminding ourselves that when we tell the story that God's done in our lives again, it gives him permission to act, to represent it mm-hmm. and to, uh, and to just instill that in us. And I, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm on fire friends. I know that you are as well. Um, Lauren, I, I, I want to break some great news. Uh, you, you've completed your second year missionary work here at Damascus and um, you have just accepted a full-time position here on a, moving forward basis with Damascus uh, in our office. So friends, for the foreseeable future, when you call Damascus, (laughs) when you stop by and visit our office, you're going to see the bright and shining face of this amazing young apostle. Yeah. And uh, and how 
how exciting that is. Yeah. And how great it is to have missionaries in every aspect of what we do here, right? Yeah. Like if you're out there and you work in an office somewhere, you can be a missionary disciple yeah. of Jesus that you're called to bring the Lord there. And Lorraine does that so well here. Friends, Lorraine mentioned something earlier in the, in the kind of the conclusion of her testimony. And I just, I want to, I want to jump back to it briefly as we kind of close mm-hmm. today's show in prayer. Um, that there was a, there was a, uh, a feeling of unworthiness when she stepped into the place of finding God fulfilling the promises over her life. Mm-hmm. Lauren, you said that you felt like you were unworthy to be here at Damascus and that you were unworthy to have received this call. And those words resounded with me so uh, so deeply because I believe that there are people who are listening to today's show um, who they themselves have a similar experience of feeling unworthy to actually step into a place of, of um, receiving what it is that God has in store for them uh, and, and receiving that particular call to mission. So I wondered if we might, if we might pray um, for our listeners intentionally. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and open us up. Um, and then Lorraine, if you want to jump in, and Brad, maybe you can close. Mm-hmm. So uh, listeners, if, you, if you'd like to join us in prayer, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. God, we, we, we rally around that call to what you've done in another, that you would do it again in us. And as Lorraine shared this beautiful story of her initial encounter with you, um, Jesus, I, I'm drawn to remember the times that you've encountered me. I'm drawn to remember those times in high school when I started doing my first holy hour at the chapel. Mm-hmm. Lord, that every one of us has a story where you've begun to speak in little moments and you've, you've shown us your face. You've shown us the joy of the pursuit of you. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself again. Show us again where you've worked in our lives. And Lord, in your name, I pray that you would come into the hearts of every one of our listeners today and that you just instill in them a beautiful trust in uh, God, your activity in the past and your plan for their future. For any one of us here listening today who have experienced um, shame or guilt or a a feeling of being ill-equipped or unworthy to be called into a lifestyle of evangelization, um, Jesus, I I pray that that you would speak the truth against those lies and that you would show that, hey, when I make a call, I don't make a mistake. Thank you, God. You're so good, God. God, you're so good. We just ask for all of our listeners, um, ourselves, our missionaries as well, um, to have new eyes, God, to Mm -hmm. see you with new eyes. And God, that you remind them that they are made in your image, that they can see themselves the way that you see them, that they are sons and daughters. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You are so good, God. You are so good. Yeah, Lord, I I pray in a particular way that you would increase our memory, that you would help us to see the ways that you've worked in big and small ways throughout the course of our lives. And I pray in a particular way, God, against forgetfulness. May we always, always, always remember. And Lord, as 
The humans that we are, we often remember our faults and failings, but I pray in this moment that everyone listening would remember their triumphs and victories Mm. more so than their failures and their trials, because God, you are always, always, always working things out for our good. So help us to see all the ways that you've done that in the past, in the present, and how you're going to work in the future. Amen. Jesus, do it again in us. We pray this in your name, in name the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, Lorraine, we have just a couple more minutes in, yeah. in today's show. And uh, Damascus, Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission. And um, you have such a missionary heart. You have such a missionary zeal. And I wonder if you might just tell us kind of what that the next mission that God's called you to outside of working here. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, so this past summer, God did it again. He called me to something that I don't <laughs> know how to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, this past summer, um, felt a call on my heart, um, to serve in the Middle East, um, to actually go abroad to do foreign mission, uh-huh. um, which is crazy, crazy. If you would have told me that two years ago coming into Damascus, that that mm-hmm. is where I would be today, I would tell you that you're crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has been so incredible, um, su- such a journey every day, a- another yes um, to that call that he's placed on my heart. Yeah. And, and just in the spirit of remembrance, just to be able to see how I think initially whenever he, he called me, I kept saying, like, God called, like, changed the trajectory of my life when he called me to, like, foreign mission. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but in remembering, I'm actually able to look back and see the ways that God had this on my life. God had spoken this from the beginning. I just didn't have the eyes to see it. Um, and to be able to look back and see the desires of my heart um, through the, the memories that he's brought um, to my mind, it has just been so incredible um, to be able to see how he was present in it the entire time. Mm, mm. So friends, uh, I, the, the word that stands out to me here is, is missionary momentum. Mm-hmm. If you want to do amazing things, if you want to transform your family, if you want to transform your workplace, start by just saying yes to God. That's right. Say yes to him in the chapel. Say yes to him through the invitation of a friend. Say yes to him through going to a, a conference or a retreat or like Lauren did to a, to an, you know, an international conference event. Um, say yes to him to turning on the radio. And you may, you may just find that in a couple of years, you're going to be saying yes to him to full-time mission. You're going to be saying yes to him to traveling halfway across the world <laughs> yeah. to bring the gospel to those who've yeah. never heard it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus, you're so good. Friends, thank you for joining us today for Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We are, again, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio carried across the global EWTN Catholic Radio Network. Check out the Beyond Damascus podcast wherever podcasts can be found. If you want to hear this story again, if you want to share it with a friend or to catch any other shows that we've done here. God bless you. Have a great week.